When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Home from the war, and back to Old Ireland come Franco's Irish volunteers, 633 of them. A few injured, but the big majority unscathed. The Irish Brigade was raised by General O'Duffy, who for a welcome home had to submit to rigid customs examination. The Brigade had six months' service in Spain, and marched through Dublin girt with some of their souvenirs. The rest of their trophies have been left behind with the customs. Jim, wear an actual blue shirt. Yeah, I do wear a shirt. Did you? A blue shirt, yeah. You didn't see it. No, where would I see it? You see it on me. No, I didn't see it on you. Why? Because I wasn't even born. <laughs> I was listening to you. It's just like a twinkle in your eye then. Well. You're wearing the blue shirts. Ned Murphy, aged 92, and his daughter Eileen McCann. Oh, so the blue shorts, so politics were in with the blue shorts. Organised it. You had a meeting. Hmm. Private. And did you know exactly what you were going to be doing when you went out to Spain? No, I wouldn't know before I went. Yeah, did no. I tell you what you'd be doing? No, only in the what trenches. You went to the war, sure. Yeah, and did I tell you that you were going to be fighting for Franco? Yeah. Did you understand that bit? Oh, yes. Oh, that's what I'm going for. We all sneaked away, everyone. Private meeting, and mm. yes, they were looking for volunteers to go. Yeah, 18 from Wexford. Right, and was there many in that, many, like, at that meeting, say, was there many? Yeah, they were a good crowd, yeah. And all didn't volunteer? Oh, no. No. Only 18. 18. That was all, all over Wexford, you know, the only one who was the parish of Marchertown. One over Ballandagia, Dermot Jordan. Right. Mm. And was there anyone at that meeting where they told not to say it to anybody else? Oh, yes. They couldn't well, talk you, about you it? You couldn't talk about it. You couldn't tell me where they were going. I thought I was going to weigh short. <laughs> I couldn't. Mm. <laughs> she said, no, going. no one knew I was going to Spain. Tony's mother was going into town to buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. He was actually going in on his bicycle to meet up. Or to meet, to go to to Galway. Mm. And you just left your bicycles. Tom Rack. Did you tell me you got them back when you came back? I did. To one keep them for sure. Oh. Yeah. Difficult to imagine now, the 1930s. The losing side in the Civil War in government. Fighting on the streets. Democracy questioned. And across Europe... Hitler and Mussolini in power. In Spain, war. Ned Murphy was 24 when he left Marshallstown. His son Paddy still lives in Wexford. Across the fields are about a quarter of a mile. Uh, that's the parish of Marshtown. Marshtown Church and Cemetery is there. You can see it there in the distance. And uh, 
this road starts at uh, Ballinure, Holla Ballinure, and it runs here to Balladaw and uh, Balnickill. Across there is uh, Ballandagan. That's where my father originated. Ballandagan, Clan Jordan is in that area there. Uh, you can see in the Scarty there in the distance, and uh, that's Vinegar Hill there. You can see Vinegar Hill there. It's uh, just there, there over the town of Inniscorty. So that's that's Inniscorty there on our right. And uh, it's Ballandagan here, on to our left. Up around that area, there was a lot of blue shirts. Ballandagan was a blue shirt area, I believe. This is the right area. Like, they were everywhere, I put uh, this was a kind of a stronghold for them. You know, there were a lot of minutes and that was it. A lot of blue shirts. Hmm. I was told by a man the other that those meetings used to be broke up by other people. Uh, there were a lot of people who were opposed to those meetings. They didn't want them going on. And they were, they were broken up, like, you know, and... People used to come to throw stones on that kind of thing. You know, there was no guns or ammunition or anything like that. They just uh, stone thrown. Like you know, that's kind of aggression. And uh, there was a blue shirt meeting just to be broke up that way by other by another group that we won't talk about. Uh, so okay. I, I won't comment any further than that on that subject. <laughs> I grew up in a farm at about, about 11 years of age. Did you leave school at 11? Well, I was confirmed that I went to the work with a farmer. Oh, mm. was it Stafford's? No. Can you remember? Redmond's Marshall. Oh, Redmond's Marshall. Yeah. And the wages, what do you think the wages was? I don't know, maybe like five shillings. 18 pence a week. 18 pence a week? One sixpence a week. At 11? Hmm. And, and were you doing the full day's work for that? Of course you were, working Sunday Monday. Were you? Hmm, making cows and everything. At 11? Hmm. And what did you do with the money? Money? What, 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 what were you with my 18 pence? Yeah, what did you have? Did you have to give it up at home? No, I kept it, sure. It was, it was, uh, slipping the farmers up on an old stable loft outside. You slept in the loft? Over the horses. Right. Mm. And what, were you actually doing any sort of real farming? I mean, were you ploughing and all that, or were you just no, working around the yard? No, I didn't ploughing the horses. I was working in every yard, man. Were you a yard man? Out in the field, yeah, mixing cows and like that. Right. Feeding cattle. Right, and so when you actually, when you were went to Spain, you were actually working in Stafford's? Stafford, yeah. And I went to work that morning. Did you? Yeah. And? Got me, done all my mornings working, got me breakfast and walked down the road again to go home to my mother. And so I'm going down out the way short. <laughs> you told your mother we were going to town to buy a shirt. I was going to town to buy a shirt. Right. Was more than that. Was so you didn't tell her where you were going? No. What about your boss? Didn't he ask you to do something? She did. Was and you told him to do it when I, you came back? I knew what I was after to do. Right. Yeah. 
Was it you say to you at one stage when you were leaving to go home, would you take down a few bales or something? And you said, I'll do that when I come back. I said that. How do you know that? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I told know. you before, that's right. But you meant when you came back from Spain. Mm. <laughs> yes. And somebody was explaining to you that they needed volunteers mm. to help them. Oh, yeah. Some fella going around trying to think of his name now. About two o'clock I left in his car, mm. About two o'clock? Mm. And many car loads went to Galway? Oh, there was several. For 18, sort of, actually. 18? Mm. So you've met up at different points along yeah. the way? Oh, yeah. All organising of you. So it was a short notice thing? Yeah. Because it was all kept private, you know? Mm-hmm. And did you take any luggage with you or anything like that? Not. Nothing, except the clothes. Well, you going to town. To get a shirt. <laughs> get a shirt. I'm more than that. Was any of those guys married that went out? Any Not at all. They're all young fellas. Yeah? Married. How would you go? That's true. Bring the woman with you. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be any good. Oh, no. You wouldn't get a woman out there if you brought one with you. You really wouldn't. <laughs> Didn't tell his mother, couldn't, it was secret, couldn't tell anyone. Um, they got on their bikes and they rode to a certain point and were picked up by car and taken to Galway and they had to wait until nightfall to board the boat because they couldn't be seen. But it was dark, wasn't it, when yeah. you got to Galway? Mm. And it was uh, all in the one boat, and all, we were all together. We had no beds in the boat, we had down on the floor. There was, was one uh, passenger boat. Was a Cattle boat? Yeah, cattle boat. We had lay on the floor. <laughs> was there any people sick? No, well, there were a few of them, yeah. Got sick, that's right, you're there. The doctor used to come to around to the trenches. Was there a doctor on the boat? Yeah. And there was a lot of people seasick. Hmm, got seasick. But I didn't. You didn't? I was the only one who didn't get seasick. Were you helping to cook, did you say? Huh? Were you helping the chef? Yeah. What were you doing? Cooking. Why are you cooking? Cooking the dinner and all for him. Were you? Yeah. I was working on the boat. Did you get paid? Sure, <laughs> he didn't get paid. <laughs> See, crossing was very rough. And, uh, Run into a very bad storm in the Bay of Biscay and uh, kind of lucky to come over. Thought one thing they were going to be shipwrecked, but anyway, they didn't when they got there. And, uh, then they had a very long train journey to Salampica. Most of them men wouldn't have been outside their own parish or their town, like, you know. And, Never been anywhere. I suppose the opportunity to go, go to Spain was something different. And maybe they had a bit of an urge for the war as well, like, you know, they must have had. And uh, communism was, uh, you know, kind of a bad word around here that time. Uh, and uh, supposed to have to be fought and put down. And uh, that's, you know, the reason why it went. They liked Franco, you know, they did like him. And he always spoke about him. And 
He was a good uh, supporter of Franco. No, he never he never criticised. Never criticised Franco. He always thought Franco was a great man. Uh, most of them still do, like, you know. I suppose uh, most of the family here would be Franco supporters, you know. We believed in him. But afterwards, like, you know, a few years later, when they, they were saying that... Um, Franco, like, had a motive. It wasn't really... He wasn't as good as he thought. Who said that? I think there was something about that afterwards. Oh, no? Yeah, that he was like Hitler. Hmm. Did you hear that? Hmm. And? Did you believe it? No, no. He was a great, great man. Did you ever meet Franco? Yeah. Well, I have seen him, sure. Probably won't see them. See I think them. that's O'Duffy. Well, yeah, I know him, is it? Would you think that's O'Duffy there? Hmm. I think it is, yeah. And he's Franco? Hmm. In the middle. I speak here, yeah. There's quite a crowd there, isn't there? Hmm. You don't remember any of this business? No, no. I would remember all that. We're just passing through. You're passing through. Mm. It's um, seems to be a photograph that was taken in March, thirty-seven. Um, as far as I'm aware, that's O'Duffy on the left in front and Thank Franco, mm. with the Irish Brigade coming up the back, armed in uniform. I don't know Spaniards. We don't know a lot about it. partners. Did you pick this up out there as well, or did you get it? No, you got this after coming home, or did you have it? Mm. Did you pick it up out there? No, must have had, yeah. No, they're, they're not Spanish, no. They're not Irish, anyway. So they're not. I think that's something to do with a mast that was being held. A mast or something that just had up on the hill. Mm. On the hill, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I always thought that was you. The man up there. I was in, the, I was in Spain, yeah. Right. That's we always right. thought that was you there. Could be, though. Like me, isn't it? Just like you. The chap and all on it. Yeah. Hmm. Hard to imagine, too, now, the animosity, brother against brother, the political ferment. O'Duffy leading 700 Irishmen to fight for Catholic Spain. Another civil war. A civil war again, almost by proxy. Owen O'Duffy was a prominent member of the Blue Shirts. Uh, could have been a founder member. And if uh, father was a great supporter of uh, Owen O'Duffy's. And uh, at that time, uh, in Spain, like, they were being uh, overrun by communism, like, and uh, there was a call come from volunteers to go out, like, and Owen O'Duffy answered that call, like, and uh, he looked for volunteers, and he got plenty of them around here, uh, Ned being one of them, and uh, they went off, like, you know, and uh, General O'Duffy, uh, he was a great... He was a great leader, and they were very uh, 
They were very loyal to him, his men were very loyal to him. Because it has no longer any economic policy, because it can hold out no future for the farmers, for the working men, for the men feeling that justice and fair play will prevail. I don't know, Lord sure was a head man. Oh, General Lord Duffy, a gentleman. You don't remember him? Huh? You were down this time. Oh. You must have been out this time. You have me on. No. What? No, what was he like? Oh, fine man. Very good. Was he old, older than ye? Huh? What age would he have been? I was around 40, I suppose. Was he? Mm. Was he in the Irish Army? Mm. General Lord Duffy. That was what they called him. My poor mother didn't have time to be interested in anything. Um, from the time she got married. Um, no, not really. And I suppose she never heard her talking about him, about the blue shirts. So yeah. where would it come up in conversation? Um, I don't think it came up very often. Dinner? Or no, no, dinner. No, 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 no. I don't know where it came up, actually. I'd say I was well left home and I was, like, working before I even knew what the blue shots were. I think because the fact that it was so secret before they did it, before they went out, he, I think he's, he kind of felt they still shouldn't talk about it, even though it was out in the open or whatever. Um, I do know that he used to go, he used to meet a couple of the guys. There was one guy, Cunningham, from Enniscorty. They remained, they remained friends. Um, and I think he met somebody in a pub when he was in Dublin. He used to come up to Dublin to me a lot. He'd come up for weekends. And I remember this night of going somewhere and we're meeting somebody. And I think it was a guy from the Blue Shirts. That's all I remember about it. Like at what stage... Did he start to become a bit a bit more forgetful, or, or where he you know where he wouldn't his memories wouldn't be as, as sharp? Did you did you notice any change in that over the years? I've 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 just noticed it now since like he wasn't with me for three years, and when he came back to me in June of this year, I noticed that yeah his memory was going a little bit. Up to then, definitely not. But I did notice him when I was trying to talk to him about the blue shirts, and he was such sure, I can't remember any of those things. Where, like, three years before that, he, he could actually. You know, you'd, be, you'd draw something out of him. But now you can't really, you know. He just says this thing, oh, I can't remember that. But I, I think he does remember, though, because he, we often talk about things like in his childhood and stuff like that, you know. Um, I suppose, like, certain things go in his memory, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't really talk a lot about the past. But then he never did. You'd have to fish to get something out of him, you know. Do you find it all now that you're, you're having to prompt him? Yeah, prompt him, yeah. yeah. They went there and uh, when they landed, they, you know... From around here, or basically, uh, the men that went there were farmers and farm labourers, which my father was. And they worked on the land and they didn't, they wouldn't have any training, none at all. So they landed there, they didn't have, uh, 
there was no time for training. They just didn't have time. They were there, um, I think, two days and they were put into the front line, so they just went in and dug in, that was it. They were, um, they fought out trenches, you know, against the communists. Um, what they'd be doing, they'd be defending a town or a village, and they'd be, the communists would be, make a raid on a town or a village, and they'd, uh, you know, they'd know the communists were coming. Some of them, the authorities would know, and the, the volunteers were just dug in, like, and that was it. They fought out for five or six days or whatever, whatever the time it took. They had a lot of success, but on the downside, they had a lot of fatalities, you know, they've lost, they lost a lot of their men like you know there's a lot of not not killed and injured so success was kind of up and down kind of thing Trenches, no training at all. You just got. Uh, to get a gun? A few days, yeah. A few days, then we're off in the trenches. With a gun? Hmm. You have to have a gun to mind you, though. And did you have to use it? No. Well, sometimes. Well, when you, before you advance, you know. In what way? Yeah. Did you fire your gun? No. You didn't? No, I didn't, no. So you sit down in, in the trenches? I'm in the trenches. And would you know that if somebody was, like the Reds were anywhere close by or anything like that? No, she was not far from us, we were up again. Were you? Hmm. And did you shoot at the Reds? Yeah. Was there, like, hand grenades or would you hear blasts going mm. off? Yeah. Like bombs and things? Hmm. Oh, and this. As I say, it wasn't be scared of him. A young lad, sure. <laughs> you weren't afraid. You found it exciting, did you? You were all young fellas, huh? And it's the urge of my oldest. Same ass up back at the hill. Was there? Did he, was he Irish? Yeah. Did he go out with you? Yeah. Oh, no, he's brigade, yeah. Our priest. He still spends half an hour praying before he gets into bed on his knees. Don't you? Mm. I haven't heard anything about, like, about the fighting or about shooting or about... And I've, I've often said to him, like, did you shoot at anybody? He said, of course I did. I said, did you kill anybody? He said, no, I wouldn't do that. I said, but why did you have the guns? We had to have them to protect ourselves. The only thing he doesn't actually forget about is when he was in the trenches and the Moors were coming up with the wine and cigarettes. I mean, I've, I have heard that loads and loads of times. Well, plenty of things. There was whiskey, yeah, a lot of it. was snaking at the back with the moors. Come snaking in with 
You have to pay him for it, though. And what would you get, like a bottle each or something like that? Well, what, between two or three, yeah. Well, yeah, you know. But did, before you went to Spain, did you ever have wine? No. You? Yeah? No. Didn't, didn't drink it before I went to Spain. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right. Huh? So that's where you had your first drink? Yeah. It was in the trenches? Hmm. Vino? Yeah. Mm. So and you actually came home with no money? I can't even know. It was very, very little anyway. Spanish times. Pesetas? Pesetas, yeah. You get a few cigarettes and over here. And you actually slept in the trenches? Yeah. Sure, yeah, it's for all nature. You had no sort of camp that you went to? No. Well, no tents at the back, you know. Rats, plenty of rats. Flying around. Hmm. Lots of rats. Right. And what did you use for toilets? Oh, you know yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> that have their own bit of social life, like you know. Said this uh, sometimes when the, you know they'd be in a bit of a battle, and uh, they might run out of ammunition, and uh, the other side would run out as well. So they were there, facing them under in the trenches with no ammunition. But they used to kind of jeer one or call one of their names across the this divide. So they, you know, they'd be insulting the, the comrades and the comrades would be insulting them. So that was their social life. Under ammunition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was when they got stocked up again and then it was, uh, they went to battle again. After a battle, they went in and they were looking for somewhere to bed down for the night. And they went into this convent. There was the ruins of a convent. There was no roof or nothing. And it was just pillaged and ransacked. And uh, it was dark, very dark at night, like, you know. And uh, they went in and just laid down anywhere they could get a space. And just laid down there. The morning they woke up and... Uh, a lot of blood around. Everywhere sticky with blood. And, uh, they woke up and it was getting dawn, like daylight was starting to come in. And the north the uh, bodies of those nuns lying about. There were several nuns and they're all they're all being slaughtered. There's none of them living, you know, they were just hacked to death and that. Um and he picked up a crucifix, the figure off a crucifix, and it had been, uh, the face had been sawn off it from the head down to the chin. And uh, arms were cut off it. And the legs were broken off. So uh, he brought that home as a souvenir. You got off a train, didn't you? And you were you stayed overnight in some convent. Hmm. And what happened? Well, they got up in the morning again. And when you woke up, what did you see? I can't remember. What they tell you before? Yeah. Well, what was it? But the nuns that were slaughtered and. Oh yeah, nuns, dead nuns. Yeah, that's right. They were slaughtered, hmm. and you were lying in the blood on the floor. Hmm. That's right. And who, who was it? The Reds did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should remember that. 
It was dark when you went in. Dark, dark the whole time. You slept on the floor. This was the rooms were dead, wasn't it? Hmm. That's the being dead, so we went out of it too. So when Didn't you got up in the morning, and, and it was daylight, mm. you saw, what did you see? Mm. What did you see? I see the room's dead. And blood everywhere. Mm. Oh, see the red skin from the operation cloud. For no particular reason? Just no. that they were Catholics? Catholics, yeah. I think that really shocked him. Because he was, he's a very religious man. And, it's, you know, for someone to do that to nuns would be a total disaster. He, he talks about the Reds a lot. I don't know who the Reds are, but anyway, he knows who they are. And uh, that was a bad experience from him, for him. Now, he brought home um, a figure of our Lord. I know that we, as children, used to play with it and dress it up as a doll. At that particular time, like, we were very poor, and... Uh, like, Santa used to bring maybe oranges and little treats like that. Uh, like, I remember that. But then I do remember, when I got a bit older, things must have improved. Because I do remember um, getting a, a tricycle. And the situation in our house was like, we had three bedrooms. And, like, Mum and Dad slept in one with the baby. So the baby always slept in the bed with mother and father and there was a cot in the room and the next baby up slept there. Then when a new baby arrived, the baby that was sleeping in the bed was transferred to the cot and the one from the co- in the cot was transferred to a bed. And this was the whole thing right through for as long as I can remember. And was it a big family? Uh, Fifteen. Twelve, twelve girls and three boys. And I always remember my mother as being pregnant. I didn't know what it was then, but looking back now, like, I used to think she was fat. But she, she was always pregnant. And you know the statue, the wooden statue that you had mm. that's gone missing? What did you give that? It's a museum. Hmm? It's, it's gone. You gave it into the museum in Enniscorty. Oh, it's gone? Yeah. Can you remember where you picked that up? Was that on the way back from the war? No, I got it in the war, so I got it in Spain. Did you find it in a, in, a, in church or did you find mm. it in a convent or? Oh, so we got it someplace anyway. You probably picked it up off the street, did you? Mm. That's in uh, in Scotty, isn't it? Not anymore. It's not. It's it gone. Mm-hmm. Gone again. Yeah. Someone took it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone. Someone. Yeah. We used to use that when we were kids. We used to use it as a doll and we used to dress it up. That was oh. our doll. That's right. Mm-hmm. The only doll we ever got. <laughs> yeah? You dolled yourselves, sure. Why didn't we dolls ourselves? <laughs> they didn't have a lot of time for civilian life. They were more or less soldiers from start to finish. Like, you know, they didn't much time off. So there was no time for anything like that. <laughs> Romance is <laughs> forbidden altogether. You know, the, the talk, like, you know, what I met the Spanish on the street, men and women, I suppose, and they talked to them and... Uh, when you're in a place, you'll make friends, you know, no matter where you are. Uh, no travel any part of the world, you always make friends. And that's what it was like. They made friends, but there was no... There was no romance. There was no marriages out there. None of them got married. 
the come back is the wind. Oh no, no. <laughs> the men weren't womanized at all. Were they not? They weren't womanized, no. No. Strictly business. Mm. <laughs> mm. They like, wouldn't dream about a woman. Dorothy Smith. No. When they got dead beside one. Was it not? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've often said to them, well, did, did you get to know any of the women? Of course I did. Uh, how did you get to know them? Why didn't they bring up the wine, the vino? You can also call it a vino and the cigarettes. But no, yeah, I, I was trying to do a bit of fishing. Didn't 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 elaborate, elaborate on anything. So, who knows? Who knows? Apparently, he didn't know my mother when he went. Anyway, he met her when he came back. And I don't think he had any girlfriends. I was saying to him, she, he used to say, to, he'd say to me, sure, I wasn't a young fella, but he was like twenty four, twenty five. But probably in them times, you didn't have women at that. You know what I mean? I think a lot more went on than what he like. like you know what I mean? You'd be very private that way anyway. Do you know what I mean? But I would say, yeah, that they probably had a great time over there in the trenches. Yeah? But no, he wouldn't even talk about that. He was very private, like. They were pulled out six weeks before the war finished. Actually, when they were withdrawn, they were looking down on Madrid. And that's where it finished. And... If they had got another six weeks, they were there until the finish. Uh, maybe there's a lot of them wouldn't have survived. You don't, no one knows that. But uh, they didn't want to leave. If father obviously didn't want to leave Spain until it was finished. And uh, they're all on the same mind. They didn't want to come back. The people that survived were... Uh, Got a pension, survivors. Uh, pension would be the equivalent of a week's wages. So uh, they were withdrawn six weeks before the war f finished and they weren't entitled to. So he always maintained that he was robbed of a pension. You know, and uh, apparently the other survivors thought so as well. Like, you know, they're on all in one mind about that. At one point, you were at, on the hill. Were you at, on the hill of Madrid, looking yeah, down? Yeah, two days. We were looking into Madrid when we were on the Irish government demanded us home. We had to leave. Two days after we left, the, the war was over. We were looking down into Madrid. You were pulled well, as out. Far, as far as that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hard to remember, even, the 1930s, looking down on Madrid. Owen O'Duffy wrote... We have been criticised, sneered at, slandered. Justice shall prevail and time will justify our motives. We seek no praise. We did our duty. We went to Spain. In truth, time did not justify their motives. Posterity placed the victors in the Spanish Civil War on the losing side. But what's left now anyway, except the memories of men like Ned Murphy, the last brigadista? Um, there was a train station in Ferns that time and uh, apparently they got a great reception in Ferns. They had bonfires and barrels of tarly, that kind of thing. Like, you know, they got a, there was a great turnout, massive turnout. I remember when um, he was up there and a neighbour of ours had a very bad motorcycle accident and he 
wasn't expected to live, but he was moved up to the Matter Hospital. And Daddy went up to see him every single day, even though he was a stranger to him at the time. But they got very friendly. And then when our neighbours would come up with us to visit Ambrose, uh, we'd meet up in the pub afterwards. And Daddy used to love telling my neighbours, like, about Spain. Mm. You know, that's mainly how I heard the stories of it. Because if we asked him... He, he wouldn't tell, he never no, spoke about it. My husband would often say to him, Tom, like he'd say, well, did you ever shoot anybody? And he'd never answer. He wouldn't say yes or no. Like he, He'd kind of change the subject, but wouldn't say whether he did or not. We never, he never spoke to the girls. Maybe it was just the girls. Yeah. But he never, I never realised yeah. he, he had done this until, like I said, family. later, when he's talked about the other people. Do you know? Yeah. I remember I finding remember his medals it. in the drawer. He had a, yeah, he had a drawer medals. full of medals. Where did they ever go? I don't know. And I remember we used to play with them. Yeah. We cut them. Real heavy medals on, on this ribbon thing. And there was a, there was a big box, yeah. remember, in with the cutlery or something. Yeah. We used to play with them and we didn't know what they were. We just yeah. thought they were just another game. Toys. Like, we toys. played with anything. We had yeah. no toys. And I remember one day somebody saying something and my mother said, you know, they are your father's medals or something. Yeah. Oh, so we didn't know what the medals We thought they were dancing medals or yeah. something. Yeah. We didn't have to. They were very kind of... They never spoke about things like that. No. I don't know why he has this thing about, you know... He should be really proud. I often thought about why he's reluctant to talk about it. I, I, sta- I started to get this feeling that was something that he shouldn't have done, that blue shirts were baddies. Do you know that type of thing? But I, won- I'm, I often wondered, is that why he didn't talk about it? Was it something that really, you know what I mean, was kind of different to what he thought it was, you know what I mean? Uh, because he definitely doesn't like talking about it. Definitely not. But I, I just had this feeling that there was arguments. Maybe that's why he never wanted to talk about it. Mm. I just had a feeling um, that that something was said somewhere along the line about the blue shirts. Um, whether it was the fact that it wasn't really what he went out to do. In, in his mind now, he would have been going out there for the Catholics to fight for them, you know. But I'm feeling that afterwards he was told it was for some other reason that they went. But he, he wouldn't talk about it anyway. He, it was great, really, because, like, he, like, they came home and there was no fuss and there was no bother and there was no counselling or there was nothing. People never asked him how they felt or were they OK or there was no... You know, like, now where they have all these counsellors that come in and... You know, like that. They just had to get on with their lives, really. You know what I mean? So they came, they went, they came back, and then they just got on with it, like, you know. And there was nobody there to ask them how they were, or, you know, like that. It was just, I'm sure, like, when I mean, it was difficult, I'm sure it was difficult, like, you know, and he was really great, and he was always in great humour, wasn't he? Yeah. There was no stress. No stress. There was no stress. He was all, and he was trauma. never, yeah, yeah, he must have been traumatised by it, because he would not talk about killing anybody or. Injuring anybody or really like feel. Well, most of us don't, do we? Yeah, do you know what I mean? We quietly get on with it. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, where now they talk about it and get it off their chest, you know, and all of that. But I'm sure he must have been traumatised by it, like, you know. I'm sure he must have been. Because it's not an easy thing to do, you know. He went back to the same job. He went back to Stafford's of Plum Jordan. That's right, yeah. And he just carried on where he left off. Nothing. Picked off his... And that wouldn't have been an easy thing for him to do neither because 
even though he'd gone to a war and things were done great, he had been to a different country, he had yeah. met different people, he had seen a different culture, yeah. a different way of life. And all of that, the travel, the heat, the sun, the climate and everything. And then he came back to do what he'd done before he went. And he just obviously just settled back in. I can't remember really, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what I mean? I'm sure it must have been. After seeing all of that, like, then to come back and just to carry on, you know, and raise his family and, you know, like, work from, you know, seven days a week for, for very bad pay and having to make do and, you know, like that. that. That wouldn't have been an easy thing to do, in my opinion, now, you know. You'd expect more, you know, you went out and you did something and you came back to do the same old thing, you know, and it must have been, like, difficult for him. Even to have seen that, because he loves Dublin now, doesn't he? He loves all the people, and he loves. Yeah. He hates the countryside.